We all want more freedom, and a lot of us work hard now in the hope we'll feel free later. What if there was another way? A way to feel happier, more free, and confident to get better results right now. Welcome to Your Freedom Unlimited, where we share practical stories and strategies to help you show up authentically, drop your fears, and take inspired action on what matters most to you. I'm your host, Jen Ramsey. As a coach with a love for metaphysics, science, spirituality, and strategies that get results, I'll help you step away from self-doubt and create a powerful new story for your life, business, or career. Join me. Hi everyone, Jen Ramsey here with this week's episode of Your Freedom Unlimited. This week, I'm really pleased to introduce you to a friend of mine, Gary Temple Bodley. Gary is a spiritual leader and coach and also the channel of a group of non-physical entities called Joshua. In this week's episode, we hear Gary's story in terms of moving from mainstream life into becoming a channel. We talk about lots of really interesting things. We talk about fear versus love. We talk about why self-improvement isn't necessary. That's a really good one. And how to really push past your fears so that you can start to do more of what you love. And as you know, that's what we're all about here at Your Freedom Unlimited. So I encourage you to listen along with me to this interview. It was a really great chat. Gary, it is great to talk to you this week. How are you? Awesome. I'm going to start with one tip on freedom. Uh Uh-huh. The freedom that you seek is not trying to get everything perfect, just doing it. So true. I love it, Gary. I love it. We are just, we've just been having a conversation before we started about freedom and trying things differently. So, um, and you're right, not perfectionizing. So that's definitely some of my old character traits. So I'm really grateful for that, to have that. This podcast is all about, I guess, that notion of really stepping into freedom and how we can feel more free within ourselves. So could you just share with us a little bit of your backstory? So how you came to actually come to some of these awarenesses yourself? Okay, well, that's really a boring story. I was living in America. I was trying to get rich. I was trying to be accepted. I was trying to get people to appreciate me. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be looked at like this successful guy in order to get in with the in crowd. Mm-hmm. And I was and it didn't work and all my friends were successful and we're all at parties and going like, what are we doing to be, you know, there's gotta be more than this. And so it started to unravel for everyone. My unraveling was at the financial crisis of 2008, lost millions and lost my home and my office and my other houses and my car and my boat and all that stuff. And my friends, if they didn't lose money, they lost marriages or they lost, they went, you know, in lawsuits or they got DUIs or something happened, right? All of us unraveled because chasing that idea of freedom, freedom in, I'm going to make enough money so I can be free. Well, that never works. No matter how much you make, it doesn't work because you always have to reward yourself for all the effort and struggle that you put forth. So my reward was a boat, a nice car, going out to dinner, playing golf. And I look at it now and go, what a measly reward for all those 
hours and hours of effort and struggle to do this stuff. So luckily I lost everything. And, you know, someone could say, how would you say that luckily you lost everything? Well, it made me rethink what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And right at the time when I lost everything, a really, really good friend of ours, Deborah Joe, brought us the secret. And that started this whole journey of self-discovery. Now, the secret, being from Australia, was this huge thing at the right time. It was massive here too at the time. And you know, it was an Australian who brought that to light. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And from there, you know, we must have listened to that 10 times. We had the CD. Mm-hmm. And then we, in our own library, we found Ask and Is Given by Esther Hicks and Abraham Young. How interesting. So we <laughs> listened to that. It was, we had it the whole time. And yeah. I, had never, I had listened to it before, but it didn't make sense. And then I listened to it again. And then we booked a trip to Asheville for the two-day workshop, which is the big one they have every year. And uh, then we started changing our lives and started saying, instead of living to be successful, what if we just followed our passions? What a great and, idea. Yeah. You know, and so I said, well, what would my passion be? And it took a little while to figure it out, but it, it was renovating houses and playing poker professionally. And then my wife at the time, Lily, her passion was, she always an amazing designer, but her passion was to take this furniture. We were living in Florida, so people would move from the north with all this brown furniture, and she would... She had upholsters and painters and they would lacquer it in Florida colors and reupholster it and just make these crazy, incredible things out of people's old stuff, you know, but it was high quality stuff. And so she started this big store. I started renovating houses like crazy and playing poker and it was really fun and everything just lined up. Everything worked. Well, then um, living this nice life, completely different life than I had before. And then I started meditating. So if you want to start freedom, you start with meditation. So true. You know what? That is of every single interview I've done for this podcast. Meditation is that golden thread that just runs through every single one. It's so powerful. So tell us how that journey was for you. So I started meditating in, uh, seven years ago this month. And it was very hard. And I had resisted it for a long time. But I had this super obvious um, inspiration. So I just started with the Abraham meditation, 15 minutes. And in about three weeks, I started to feel a presence on the side of my head. And the presence was very obvious. And it was a a physical sensation, like a hand was inside my skin rubbing on my cheekbones, right? Wow. And just rubbing around, caressing it. Wow. But like it was energy, but you could feel it. I mean, you know, okay, was it here? Okay, it's moving up here. It's moving back here, you know? That's Esther was the same way when she was meditating. She found herself moving her nose uh, to the alphabet, right? A, B, C, you know. You're right. I had to. She realized this. That's how she realized. Yeah. So, um, so I was meditating for a while, and then I was started asking this presence questions, like you might ask Abraham in the hot seat, and these answers were coming straight back, like instantly fully formed answers. And I'm like, this is just my mind. I'm just doing this myself. And I just kept doing it. And it was like, so different. And then one day I said, who is this? And they said, right, right away, we are Joshua. And so now I have a name for this. 
And so I keep going. I don't really tell anyone. I don't believe it. And then one day on November 15th, 2013, they said, get up and go right, right, right. So I got up out of bed, went to my home office, closed the door, turned on my computer and just started typing. And in about a half an hour, as fast as I could type with three fingers, three pages were written. And that's the introduction to this book, A Perception wow. of Reality. Which is a great book. And so I came back the next day and the next day, and in 56 days, the whole book, 300 pages, was done. Right? Imagine typing something as fast as you could possibly type for about a half an hour, 40 minutes a day, where you just get exhausted and leave off one sentence, and the next day you start at that sentence and type another three or four pages, right? What a gift. And then in eight weeks, it's all done, and you go back, and you don't change a thing except for typos. What a gift. How did you feel? Yeah. How did you feel when all of this was going on? Well, the first day I thought it was a bunch of gibberish. I couldn't understand it, you know. And then I printed it out and our friends, Deborah, Joe and Frank came over for dinner. And after dinner, I gave them three pages and Deborah Joe read it out loud and she started crying. Oh. And it was like, when you heard it, it was like am just amazing, this stuff coming through. So next day I did it again and then started sending out emails of what was written that day. And then people would send them to people. And really in that first eight weeks, this huge Joshua community grew out of that because everyone was so fascinated by what was being written. And then people started sending questions for Joshua. So I would do the book, then, then I'd sit down and do someone's question, right? And, and so it would just come and just come three pages. Out. So right. people who read, read the book, they just started, and they started asking their own questions, things that were on their minds. Yeah, and people sent it to other people and it grew exponentially like that. And then, so on the 56th day, the book was finished. And everyone's bummed because um, it was so fun to read along with it all, right? The next day, the next book starts, Health, Wealth, and Love. Also 122,000 words, also eight weeks, just like that. So two books in 16 weeks. And I had never written anything before, right? Wow. So that gave me this idea that there, there was something to this. It was like a quick start program. And so I started sending books to people and bloggers. And I sent one to Jules Johnson at Law of Attraction Radio Network. And she's like, you've got to have a podcast. And so I put together a podcast with, that was five years ago, with three friends. And we call it the uh, Law of Attraction Roundtable. Mm -hmm. And we just started taking these questions and then reading what Joshua's answer was and having fun and doing like that. And then she invited me to be a speaker on the Law of Attraction cruise. So I went and did that with, with uh, Pam Grout, who wrote uh, E Squared, that big Law of Attraction book. And then she said, well, while you're here on this cruise, I'm a hypnotist and I'm gonna hypnotize you and bring Joshua out speaking. I'm like, okay, I never thought that was going to happen. And then she hypnotized me and then Joshua's been speaking ever since. Wow. So that whole time that was all just silent writing, you were channeling the writing. Right. That's amazing. And then after that one uh, session with Jules, you were able to then speak. Well, it was a few sessions. Yeah. But oh. the first session, Joshua came right out, wow. but my eyes were closed. I was laying down. I was hypnotized, you know, yeah. and then she would do it through Skype with me when we mm -hmm. got back home. And then after four or five sessions, then it was a matter of meditating first, getting myself prepared, 
and then doing it, right? And it was like stage fright because I didn't know it was gonna come through. And now it's anytime, anywhere, easy. Just fantastic, Gary. So how, I mean, that's, and you've just, I mean, what an amazing story. Your story is an amazing story. And I've known you for a bit over a year now and, I, and, I, and I've been part of, part of your community and just absolutely love it and all of the teachings that, that Joshua has brought forth. But, you know, you, again, that, that journey that you've gone from, as you, I mean, it's interesting you said the boring story, but that life of sort of trying to work with the external conditioning and trying to fit in with how things would look on the outside, yet not, but not having much of an internal landscape. And right. then the flip of that, you know, working with Joshua, particularly when you're in those early years, when you're just writing and it's a very internal process for you, that was, you must have got to know yourself much better during this process. Well, it's been seven years. Well, it's been, you know, three years actually with Abraham and then seven years with Joshua. And what I've learned is that freedom only comes from self-discovery. Yes, and exactly. discovering your authentic self mm. because the persona that we put forth trying to get love and appreciation from others is not who we are. It's false and it's super limiting mm. and it limits our freedom because we can't do this because what will they say? They won't love me if I go and do this thing I want to do, right? They won't love me if I all of a sudden want to start a podcast or want to start, you know, talking about, the things I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. So you can't have freedom if you have a persona. So you let go of that freedom. Now, the, the interesting thing about that persona is the ego has to defend it because yes. you've created this idea of yourself. And if that gets challenged, then that's when the ego rises up to defend it. Absolutely. And what, a powerful, that, what a powerful yeah. thing it can be. Yep. Yeah. When you get rid of that persona, when you make it malleable, when you say, listen, this is who I am. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I'm going to do. This is why I'm here. This is what interests me. Um, I love you. I love myself. I love these conditions. I accept you. You can like it or not, whatever. I have to be who I am. And then that persona becomes like mud. It just muddle, It melts away, right? And so now the ego has nothing to protect. So now you can be authentic. Who cares? Who cares what you look like? Who cares how you sound? And when you're being authentic, then you start receiving thoughts, right? You start receiving thoughts from where? From your inner self, from source, from inspiration. And this conversation right now becomes a spiritual conversation, spiritual connection. So you're connected to your inner self, your inner self is connected to my inner self, my inner self is connected to me, and now ideas are just flowing. That's it. And we can just step into this place. And I, I agree with you. This, I mean, when I think about the journey that I've been on myself and the, even the notion of doing this particular podcast and talking about these particular things, and it really, I agree with you, it's about freedom is very much about allowing yourself to be your authentic you, not, not to be how you think others need to perceive you. So that's exactly the, I mean, what you've just described perfectly is the journey that I've been on with developing this podcast because there are topics on here. I mean, the topics we're talking about today, some people in my wider circles might go, wow, that's a bit interesting. You know, that's quite out there or something I've never heard about before, but it's, these are the topics and these are the things that I'm interested in and inspired to talk about for us to have these sorts of conversations. 
and when I look at the work that you're doing and the work that you're bringing to the world, I mean, you are helping so many people every day. Imagine if you'd let your fear stop you. Right. You know, that, that's, you know, for, the, for all of the people that I know you've helped, myself included, what a, what, a, what a waste that would have been, but how great that you were able to step beyond that fear. And what was it, what was the step that you took that just, and I, know, I, I, I understand we might talk about some of the concepts of, of Joshua in the moment, but this notion of stepping past your fear and getting that inspired, going to that inspired place to just do it anyway. Where did that breakthrough come from? from come, where did that breakthrough come from? Come, where did that come in for you? When did you suddenly go, I'm just going to do this. I'm just going to put this out. What was the thing that helped you go, enough's enough. I'm just going to step out in my authentic self. Well, I was, from the time I was, even before, but let's just say 20 when I was in college, I was in the business. I had businesses. And I was constantly, constantly, constantly striving for some success. And I was making it and then it wasn't enough and I was losing it. So I had 30 years experience of trying to, to, to make, make me feel good from doing stuff, right? Living that American dream. Yeah. Mm. So luckily I had that 30 years. And so when I lost everything, I had to come to a realization that that wasn't working. And so that's when I allowed the secret to come in. Before that, I would have said, that's nonsense. You know, what do you get rid of this visualization stuff, you know, this positive thinking stuff. And then I was, I, it resonated with me. So I knew I was being guided. I know, I, I know it now that I was being guided back then. And then asking is given was right there. And then the inspiration to go and see Esther. And then... I was at a point where I could allow that all in and I was really interested in it, you know? So this is the thing. If something resonates with you, there's way more to it. Absolutely. Know? It's about listening to what's resonating, isn't it? This yes. is like the key. Mm. Yeah. And then, now then the channeling part was weird, but it was so cool. And I, I didn't know anyone else channeled in the world. Now I know that the channeling is like singing, everyone can channel. Some people are naturally talented, but everyone can improve their ability. So just right, we're, th we're receiving thoughts now because we've gotten to this place where we're comfortable with each other, we know each other, and we like each other. And so there's not a lot of fear in this conversation. So the words come easily and the thoughts come easily. Well, that's what channeling is, is getting yourself to a place where you accept the words to come. Yes. And then you open up your belief system and not enough to let it just flow through you. Okay. But then you still have to contend with the fact that you could be crazy. You know, it's a question you could have asked, <laughs> which I did. Right? Yeah. And I'm like, and I did not tell a lot of people. I didn't tell. I didn't, I still haven't told some friends really? and it took me three or four years to tell my brother and my parents and all that. Mm -hmm. And, but you know, I told my good friends right away. And, and what was interesting was here is a guy who's trying to fit in his whole life and try to be conform to be accepted. And now you become this other person who's totally weird. <laughs> and when I came out of the closet to my friends that I'm a channel, 
I got nothing but love and acceptance. You know? How beautiful. What great <laughs> friends, hey? What great friends? Well, on the other side of your fear is where everything you want exists. Absolutely. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. So how great is that? And I mean, let's just put some context for people who are listening or watching this. This was all happening about seven years ago. So there was there was less discussion of many of these mm. topics at that time. So yeah. it would have, you know, it could have been scary. And as you say, coming from that background of trying to fit in and here suddenly you're doing something that was quite the polar opposite really. So, but how wonderful that as you step through, all you got was love and acceptance from those friends. That's just fantastic. Yeah. The funny thing too, is I was playing poker professionally at the time and I lived two miles from the biggest poker room in Florida, maybe in the country. And I'm, I am going in and playing these tournaments with lots of people that I become really friends with, but this is a, you know, a hodgepodge of the population. We have super wealthy people. We have young kids. We have all types, you know, there. And I've be becoming friends with all these people because we're playing a lot. And at that time, if you Googled me, it'd be nothing but poker. All my poker wins, all the articles about me in poker and all that stuff, right? Really? So you've got a profile. The first two pages would have been poker stories. And then Joshua starts getting in there, right? <laughs> and so it starts creeping up. And I had moved from, from Florida to North Carolina a couple of years ago. And I went back to Florida and that was at the time where Joshua took over everything and, and now poker's out. But what poker players do is they Google you. Oh, they really? want to see what tournaments you've won and how you're doing, what kind of player you are. Right. And so now all these hundreds of people who I know very well, who have no idea what this is, I come in and they, you know, the love seeing me again, it was so fantastic. And they're going like, what is this you're doing? What's this? woo-woo stuff you're into <laughs> tell me all about it. they're fascinated <laughs> it was so great yeah i love it i love it and so they but they and, and there's an interesting because you've just used a term that i know can be a bit of a trigger term for people in this in this moving into this area of this into this this zone of thought is that that fear of being seen as woo-woo so they use that term with you how did you how did you deal with that with them in that room? I mean, I can just see it, all these people coming up to you. And, and how was that for you? Did you just like water off a duck's back? You were, you were feeling yes. good with all of this at that point? Oh, great. So you yeah. By that time, everyone, you know, I'm very, very popular in that group and had a lot of fun. And I'm one of the, I, that's how I really did well in poker because I, I took all this info that's being downloaded from Joshua about how to live life not attached to an outcome. You're here for the experience. You're here to create relationships. You're here to accept everyone. You're not here to have them think of you in a certain way. Yeah. You're here to do what you're interested in. Certainly I was competitive, but most of it was fun and conversation and teasing people and all that stuff. It's and so we, community and we used to go out and go to concerts and go to parties and go to dinner all the time together right and you are you're with people for hours and hours and hours a day you know and you really get close to them so and there's in this case there were there's in a month three thousand different people play a tournament during that time and 300 or more or less regulars well 
I started from never playing poker at all to winning player of the month seven out of 12 months, you know, wow. really? that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, so I was very well respected. I did very well in a lot of the world series of poker tournaments and the bigger tournaments that come through. Um, some pretty famous people knew who I was and everyone liked me. And there were articles, I did some articles, uh, you know, cause they're like, who's the local hero that, you know, and they would interview me and stuff. And so I just really got along with everyone knowing that my journey of this, passion was going to go for a certain amount of years. I was going to start at this beginner level and I was going to end up at some other level. Right. And so for me, it was to make the most out of it mm. to mm. win, of course, but to be like a great person and a friend to all these people. And, and as I look back on it now, that experience that lasted about seven years, couldn't have been better. It, now, at the time, I would say, I wish I would have won more. But I mean, I was already winning a lot. I was making a living at it. And the only thing I didn't win was the big tournaments where there's maybe over 100,000, which a lot of my friends were winning those tournaments, right? And I would win consistently. And I would win a lot of $6,000 and $10,000 paydays and a lot of $3,000 ones, but enough that that I would make good living at it, but never the big ones. Well, what happens in the big ones is that they dominate your profile. Oh, so, right. right? So even today, had I won some of those big tournaments, that would still be there along with Joshua. So, and, you, yeah. Yeah. And if you look at it from a higher perspective, it's like, no, 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 that doesn't need to be confusing the issue. Right. And I didn't know that at the time. Of course, I didn't know what was going to happen, you know, and now looking back, it was, of course, you know, that and was, I could tell you a thousand different things that have happened. I mean, a thousand different things on this journey of Joshua in learning to let go of that ego, learning to focus on what I am interested in and what my passions are. Then coming to November, 2018, which was exactly five years after the first book was written, right? The boot camp got channeled. So the boot camp that you've taken part on, we've done about 150 people now over the last 18 months. That we were talking about today on, on November 14th, I was moving into a new town, new house, new love. Um, everything is fantastic, but have no idea what's going to happen next. November 15, the boot camp. Which is, which is like this biggest event so far of Joshua. And I take the boot camp. It's eight weeks. And I'm, as it's being channeled, I'm doing all the exercises and the daily spiritual practice and the homework and all that stuff. And at the end of it, it reveals your soul's purpose. My soul's purpose was to be a spiritual leader and teacher, a preeminent one. And I step into that role because at that point, it now becomes obvious. I had not, November 14th, I had no idea that was it. December 10th or something, it's obvious. It's obvious to me. This next and so day. I step into it, and then we start the first boot camp, and I'm now leading this boot camp. Not Gary the student, but Gary the teacher. Mm. And everything changes from there. And then all the things that happened in 2019 and 2020, and here we are at this stage of, chaos which we know is not chaos of course 
but there's a pandemic, there's a financial collapse, there is a you know, social uh, protest and progress going on. And thank God we're here. We know what this all is. We're exactly. ready for it. Yeah. Um, I'm with you on that. I know it's amazing. So thank you just for sharing those steps. I want to get more into what that means in a moment, but just to sort of, if I listen to what you've said and, and um, we've obviously spoken many times before, but just those steps, you, you know, you were led, I think it was fascinating how you, you were very, you were able to use all the principles you were learning through Joshua. You were able to put them all physically into practice in your poker uh, tournament days and I don't know anything about that industry so that's really fascinating to hear how all of that works sounds like a lot of fun and like a real community and people you, you know doing what you love it you're doing what you love which which you do which you were doing but how you were just led there was step by step you know through the process but fascinating isn't it that you didn't reach that high level that that huge winner status because it sounds to me like you would have taken on a celebrity status particularly right. in that community that would not yes. that would muddied the waters in relation to your, your other work with Joshua. Exactly. It needed to, it needed to be that, that way. Yeah. I really thought that, that Joshua was like this uh, sort of hobby yeah. side thing. Side right? hustle. <laughs> and, and my real passion was poker. Mm. And so I really thought that it was going to be poker. And I would get in these big tournaments where the, the winner was a million dollars or something, right? And I'm like killing it and killing it. And then crazy, 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 crazy stuff happens, right? Over and over and over again. And I step back and I go, come on, this isn't even possible. How could this happen? This, these odds of something happening kept happening on these big tournaments, right? And I'm like, okay, okay, something's happening here. And then as inspiring as it was to start playing poker, then I started having this inspiration to find a house where we could have Joshua events because we were having a lot of cruises and workshops all over the place, Vegas and, and in the Caribbean. And I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had a house somewhere in the South where everyone could come and we'd have this kitchen because I love to cook, you know, we could get together. So this passion was, this inspiration was to find a bed and breakfast or somewhere in the South. And I had about a budget of about $500,000. And so I was looking all over Savannah and different places in the Southeast US. And I kept wanting to go to the computer. And every morning I was like, I couldn't wait to look on Zillow and Realtor.com to look at houses. And it's so weird. And then uh, I find this bed and breakfast in this town called Newton. And it's really cute. It's like 450,000 and Really, you know, I went on a tour with Google Street View down the, the, the city. And I'm looking at this house thinking, this is a really good house. And then this house pops up. And it was a built in 1907 by the judge of back in those days, the judge of the town. And it's a, a Victorian house. It's five bedrooms, four bathrooms, four and a half bathrooms, 5,000 square feet, big, beautiful lot on Main Street two blocks from downtown, it was $112,000. Wow. Okay, everything else was 500, and so I go, okay, well, I, I put in an offer full price, sight unseen, and I said, well, this is not a good house, we'll lose a deposit or whatever. So I took my friend Bruce, and we went around the south for about a, two weeks, and we looked at all these other houses. This was the last house we looked at, and I get to this house, and it's like, 
needs a lot of work, of course, but the bones were better than any of the other houses. Wow. And there's this beautiful foyer with a fireplace and this big sweeping staircase going upstairs. So I walk upstairs and there's four bedrooms and two bathrooms up there. I walk down this hallway that cuts down the whole and goes to this back staircase. And as I'm going down this back staircase, I'm like, I've been here. I know where I am. This is the house that I've been in my dreams while sleeping dreams since I was 25 years old. Wow. Recurring all the time. And I'm like, where's this old house? What am I thinking of this old house for all the time? And here I am. Back staircase into the kitchen, big windows, backyard, need a lot of work. Exactly, exactly what I was thinking of. So I get guided to this house and here I am, no poker. So I had to be able to leave poker mm. to come here. Mm. I had to be able to leave my wife to come here. And we left in really, really good terms. And it was, she didn't want to pursue Joshua. And I had this big inspiration to do that. And so, so I just come here by myself. And I have a couple of friends in the area and stuff. And then Tracy happens to have friends one town over. And so she hears I'm coming up here and we know each other from Joshua. She comes down from Connecticut and I take her in toward the house. We end up spending the, the weekend together and fall in love. And then she moves in with me in this house. It was, it's unbelievable how it works out, right? But here we are. It's a, what a fantastic story. And again, led by inspiration, but how led by inspiration, but there's so much, and there's so much guidance, inspiration, whatever we want to call it, but there's so much in that story. And I, the fact that that was the house you'd been seeing since you were 25 in your dreams, like that is like goosebump moment. That like, that's like a super powerful moment in terms yeah. of, and that feel, you must've had this feeling of like everything like clicking together. It's almost like the, that, that beautiful synchronicity we feel when we're so in the zone of just living our inspiration and just everything working out perfectly, which is, right. I know how, I know what you teach with, with Joshua. So this is the key. We have to know the fundamentals of this system. Physical reality is like Disney World. It's a platform. Non-physical reality is where we live. Mm -hmm. And we come to this reality just like we would go to Disneyland. We come for the day. So in our case, the day is a lifetime, whether that's a week or 100 years, right? It doesn't matter. One lifetime. That's the day. Mm -hmm. And we come with our friends. And they come at different times. And we interact with them at different times. And they leave. Some leave before us. Some leave after us. And when we return back home to non-physical, we are back together with everyone. And we, don't, we do not die, we're eternal, right? Mm -hmm. So Joshua explains that a physical life in the non-physical terms is like a day in our life, right? So we might have thousands of days in our life and then you have thousands of lives, but one day doesn't really mean too much. We come day in, day out, day in, day out, to expand our awareness of who we are. And at this level, those of you listening to this podcast, there's some reason you're listening to this podcast. Absolutely. There's some reason you're listening this far in. Mm -hmm. You're being called for something more. And this is the time of awakening. This is when we all really wanted to be here. So everyone who's living now really, really, really wanted to be here now because this time is like no other time. So here we are in this reality now, but we have to know that 
who we are in the non-physical is this source, sovereign, being of love, limitless, eternal, magnificent. And who we are in the physical is exactly the same. Except that in the physical, there's this dynamic of fear that makes everything seem real. Good, we need that, right? And we have a survival instinct. Of course, we respond to fear. But we also have limiting beliefs. And the limiting beliefs are triggered by certain events that happen and we feel fear and we perceive that we're in some sort of danger. But most of that fear is what we call irrational. It's not gonna do us any harm. So now we have to live with this idea of who we truly are, that fear is a thing, but the fear is simply limiting. So we choose not to be limited by fear. Good. We have, Tracy and I are hanging out here in North Carolina. Our friend invites us to New York City for the July 4th for a week. He has this beautiful apartment in New York City. We bring our friends along and we're going tomorrow. So the governor of New York City says, we are making everyone who comes to New York City from any state that has some COVID things going on, they have to quarantine for 14 days, right? Inside quarantine. Whatever. It's just this idea. Just this. So this is this thing that's said to cause fear in people so they don't come to New York, but it does not apply to us. We opt out of that. We are not limited by fear. We're going and we are looking forward to whatever happens. We don't expect anything to happen because we don't need anything to happen. But if it does happen, it's for our benefit in some way. And this is the approach to life that you need to take if you want to be this conscious creator of your reality, ultimately living in pure freedom. So freedom is completely, absolutely self-determined. You are either limited by fear, and that's your perspective that you're choosing to hold on to, or you are not limited by fear. You're able to push past the fear to do what you're inspired to do. That's your choice. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can tell you what to think or what perspective to choose. It's what, and what a, what a, it's a very simple. So I've got a friend who says sometimes things are simple, but not easy, but they can be easy. But what a great, what a great straightforward formula to live life by. And I agree. I mean, the journey that I've been on is certainly one where completely shrouded in fear and anxiety and all of those sorts of things. And I know uh, my experiences have been as soon as I start pushing through those fears and pushing past them, then everything has changed because suddenly, and it's, and what I've realized is it's this, what I call it is the loosening of perspective. Like if when you're, when you're in fear, you've got quite a, you hold quite a strong perspective or as you say, a strong limiting belief on something. But if you can just loosen that even by a little bit, just even by a couple of you know, millimeters or an inch as, as you would say in the States, then everything can change because you're let, you're letting go of that structure. And as you said, that illusion that we were, you would, you know, that we live in, in, in yoga, they call it, I love this term in, in, um, in the yogic tradition, they call it the Layla. Layla is this play, this theater that we come to live in yeah. and it's this illusion, but it's, can be quite intoxicating. It feels very real, but it's not, it it's really, not. really isn't. That's right. So yeah. how, do you have any tips in terms of how to, if someone's feeling very stuck in their fear, do you have any tips about how to help someone 
just move, you know, if they're feeling very stuck, no, I can't let go of this. I can't, I, I can't, I would be afraid to see people to see me as I am. What's one tip you would give them to help them? Okay. Why don't we talk about a fear that you have? So think about a fear that you have. Okay. Think about something that happened. What was the fear? Okay. Well, did you uh, have a manifestation event recently? Yes. We're all, I'm always having manifestation events. Um, I'm just trying to think of one. So, well, um, the big one for me was, you know, starting to talk about content like this on my podcast. That's yeah. So what event happened that made you feel negative emotion? Made you feel fear? Well, this is the thing. It wasn't necessarily an event, but it was the feeling that I had about the potential event. So, okay. So the, the potential event is, okay, well, I'll give you the, the potential event is, but this is what happens, I think, with fear, that we can, we can be, cons- we think about it and we can be so consumed by it in our brains that we actually never take the action. So the fear was, what will people, the people that I know corporately, yeah. what, what would they think if, because I do corporate work and I do private work, what would they think if they heard me talking about woo-woo things like, like channeling? And also this very central concept that you've spoken about and that's very central to this podcast, which is that we are source connected, that we are in fact these unlimited beings living in a, in a a, unlimited beings living in a, in a, in a human experience in a, in a human suit. And so for me, um, I think it was episode four of this podcast. I recorded an episode called remembering who we truly are. And I talked about my own experience of sort of, uh, querying that, thinking that I didn't really believe in that, and then my own experience of, of physically realizing that. But then the manifestation event is and still was, or was and still is, what would people that I know corporately think about me talking about things like that? That's a really good one to talk about. Perfect. Okay. So this is, this is, the more empowering way to talk about it. Because what happened is you received inspiration. The inspiration was to start this podcast. Okay, that's all you know. Mm. Now, as soon as you receive inspiration, your a limiting belief will always be triggered and fear will always pop up, pop up. I don't care if it's inspiration to go to lunch, inspiration to call your mother, inspiration to do anything, even little stuff. But this is a big one, right? So start this podcast. Wow. What happens if my clients here? What happens if they fire me? All this stuff, right? Well, here's what we know about inspiration. The action you take on inspiration will always lead to your highest good and the highest good of all involved. Now, it could land you right in the, uh, into a face-to-face with a client who says, what is this crap you're talking about, right? And they fire you. That is for your benefit. Mm, that beautiful. exchange will be free benefit. Okay. So what we say is, is this fear rational? Is, am I going to die if someone hears about it? And if it's not rational, then you can push past it. If, it. if you're like on the edge of a cliff and you think, what would it be like to jump off this? That's a rational fear. And you can control that condition by not jumping off. Okay. If you're inspired and you can take some action and you take the action that will always lead to your highest good hundred percent of the time, but fear will always pop up and there's no, and fear and doubt will always be there. So it's not that we're trying to get rid of fear and doubt. We are practicing 
being capable of pushing past fear at any level. And sometimes you can and sometimes you can't, right? But the more you can, the more confidence you'll build. So there's, there's a very interesting thing about physical reality is that there is this thing called momentum. Everything gains a momentum. If you have limiting beliefs and you do not process them, the limiting beliefs get stronger and stronger and stronger over time. And if you want to look at this as proof, you can look at any old person you know, and they are living small lives in fear, talking about what they do not want, and totally different than they were when they were 20. If you want to change that momentum to live in pure freedom and abundance, by the way, freedom and abundance go hand in hand. You can't have freedom without abundance. Mm. And you can't have abundance without freedom. So that's two things are connected. So this podcast could be called the Freedom and Abundance podcast because they're connected. You get your abundance by pushing past fear and, and embracing your freedom. So anyway, as you start acting on more inspiration, as you start being more free, being that being of freedom that you are, being who you truly are, being authentic, then it builds and builds and builds. And then you get new experiences and bigger experiences and sure, things will happen, but just to show you where your wobble is, where that limiting belief is, so you can process that. So this is all about a journey about discovering your authenticity. And as you do that, you expand in joy, in freedom, in abundance, in love. And that's what we call the new approach to life. The new approach to life is living in the absolute acceptance of everything, of, yes. of yourself, of everyone else and the conditions. and the conditions. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And I think that is, that has been the way that I've approached this. So, cause without a doubt, this podcast has been a huge inspiration. It's been something that I have been wanting to do for five years. This year, I, I, I feel like I was ready to really step into my authenticity to do it. Well, and, and look have, at you though. You are the person that should, you should be doing this. Your voice is fantastic. Your Face is fantastic. I have a face for simply audio. You have a face for video and a voice for audio. You have the whole package. You have this beautiful accent. You, you are professional. You're credible. Now, so here's the thing. How did, you, how did you push past the fear? What did you say to yourself? Well, I just said to myself that the, the desire was actually really interesting. For me, it was the desire to have these expansive conversations with people like you and to also really start living my truth. It really was, it was like enough's enough. I was a bit like you, you know, you're doing your 30 years of you're experiencing life in one way. And I felt like, you know, I've done that. I've played that game, done all of those things. Like you had a lot of success corporately, all of those, you know, ticked all of those boxes but still inside, there was a part of me that was saying, there's something more. There's something more to all of this, to this outer world that I'm living. Let me go in and start exploring this inner world. And it, let me tell you, it hasn't all been pretty. And <laughs> there's been, some, there's been re some really significant collateral damage along the way, without a doubt. But that, that it's been that, what I would say to you, and I think it's as you've been drawn, it's, I've been led by inspiration. I, it's just... It's been inevitable for me to do this podcast. And yes, I have had, it was, you know, 
I've just, this is the podcast is fairly new. I've just released episode four and I remembering who we truly are. And it was like, there was a bit of a, you know, I'm, I'm, oh my about this, but then it was, it's out there. This is what I'm doing. And I know that there's a greater truth in this. And as you said, if I, as you said so beautifully earlier, if I'm going to have the experience, I'll be ready for it when it comes. If someone does conf- confront me, I'll use that word. But if someone, but I suspect people won't. I'm, I, I sus- the feedback that I'm getting already is that um, people are loving it and are loving the content. So a bit like you with your friends early on with Joshua, there is that sense of love and acceptance. And and I guess the other view, the other thing that crossed my mind yesterday is that the people who need to hear this podcast will hear it. Those who don't, those who are not ready for it, or those who would see it as woo-woo or, you know, be negative about it, it's potentially not even going to cross their path anyway. And, yeah. and, and if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It's going to go to the people that are going to hear it. So that's been my own mental process of, because it is a very mental process of, of dealing with those fears. But it's an ongoing thing, isn't it? What you've done is you just explain to everyone how you push past the fear. Mm. You look at it logically and you say, this is a environment of attraction. We're talking about the law of attraction here. Mm. Those people who need this or who want this or who are seeking this will find it. Those people who aren't seeking this will never find it. In fact, you may have a lot of friends and you may post this on your Facebook, which you should post this on your personal Facebook page, right? And they will like it and say, good for you, but they'll never listen to it. So true. So true. That's exactly. And I have posted on my personal Facebook page because I think it is of interest, but you're right. Some people will say it's great. Good on me, but have never quite listen. And that's okay too. Yeah. That, no, that's exactly what you want because Mm. you do, you didn't, you don't prefer the, um, confrontation, right? That's the only thing that you didn't want. So here you are putting yourself out there and the ones who resonate with this will find it and will really appreciate you for doing this. And the ones who are in your life will see it and go, great, but they're not going to be inspired to listen to it. Mm -hmm. And the ones who are inspired to listen to one of your friends will get it or get something out of it and they'll love it. And that's just how this works with anything you're inspired to do. It's amazing. And it's so funny that fear just stops us from doing these things. I know. I know. And that really, Gary, that's, and that's one of the other reasons that I wanted to do this podcast because our fear can stop us from, from just being who we truly are. You know, there's a lot of people say, well, fear will stop you from your greatness, but it actually does. You know, that's not just a platitude. It, if we talk about that stops me from my greatness, it stops me from stepping into who I truly am. And I think that the key thing here is really about, it's just about saying, okay, I'm always, I'm always going to have some fear. So let's just keep going with the things that we're inspired to do. And even if it feels a little, you know, prickly at the time, just to keep, to keep going, because there's something in it for us when the prickles arise, you know, you see, you know, I look at our dog, Lucy, when she's, uh, confronting the neighbor's cat. She just wants to be friends with the neighbor's cat, but Scout's just like, I'm not interested. I'm, I'm an older cat. I'm not, and Scout's like, you know, the hair on the back yeah. of his neck. <laughs> and, you know, but we've, and I say to Lucy, good work, just keep going. Just keep trying uh, to be friends. You know, we've got to keep, <laughs> we've just got to keep pushing through. Even if we feel those, that hair rising on the back of our own neck, if we do feel prickly or 
crabby or scared. It's just about continuing to move through, even if it's small steps, but continuing yeah. to go. When and we're not going, we it's not it's really not good for our soul. Exactly. Also, those moments of that prickliness, of that of that heightened awareness, that's really what life is. Life is not about hiding away from negative emotion. Negative emotion is our guide. It's just showing us that we're looking at things from a limited perspective. We need to embrace negative emotion, embrace, embrace these manifestation events. Know that there's fear there. You know, whenever you start anything, know that there's fear and limiting beliefs in there and that you'll work it out. In the process of exploring this podcast, exploring surfing, exploring traveling, you have limiting beliefs and you have fears but they will be worked out. And if you can embrace those times when things don't work out, when things are, are needing a little bit more of your attention, you know, things like that, if you can embrace that, then it just, the fear feels different. It's like, okay, I expect this. Okay, this is, I just need to throw in a few more hours of this. I love that. I love what you've said, that you know, I expect this. And I think, I think sometimes we can think if, well, if I just, hold myself up in my nice house or I have my nice job or I have a good family or make sure that my kids are properly educated, then I will be immune to fear. Somehow, if I do all those things right by the external world, then I'll be immune to fear. But every single one of those things can bring up fear. And just to say, okay, fear is a part of my life and I'm going to accept it. Um, Someone, as someone who's come from a background, I did experience anxiety when you're in that high level of anxiety state, you actually feel, my experience was, was that I felt that my, I was going to be suffocated by it. Right. It's yeah. a physical, visceral feeling. So, yeah. um, but I think on my journey from that, and I, I, don't, um, I don't apply that word to myself any day, but I've had that experience. So I don't, I don't apply that word to myself now, but I've had that experience. But what I learned what I've what I learned in that journey was that the only way to deal with that anxiety was actually to turn around and face it and to embrace it and not try and push it away. It's paradoxical. The more we push it away, the the harder and faster it's going to come. You know, what we resist persists. And I learned in that process it was all about being being friends with my fear, allowing it to have a space in my body, because I would feel it in my body, allowing it to have a space and then allowing it to have a part of my life rather than trying to just hold myself away from it. And then now in terms of what you're talking about is exactly that same. You're actually, and I love what you've said, let's expect it. Let's, it's almost let's bring the fear on. And this is the higher level awareness that you've brought to me is that when you bring the fear on and when you start getting the tools in terms of how to process it, but when you bring it on, there's so much learning in, in what, you and what I call manifestation events There's so much in that for us to get that we actually get more growth. So it's actually better to go into the fear, get the experience, like what's in this for me, like dive into the pool rather than trying to run away from the pool. That's what I've found. And what's interesting about this time of awakening is that so many of us who live in Western societies have way more control over our lives than at any other time in history. And so people try and control their way out of fear or out of negative emotion. And they control their kids, control their spouses, control their, you know, maybe they'll have a business to control their income. We were on one of the first Joshua cruises and we're 
all as a group, we're leaving our beautiful cruise ship, we're walking down the dock, and at the end of the dock was this amazing yacht. And one of the people said, next Joshua Cruise, we're gonna rent out that whole yacht. And I said, no. The only reason they're renting out that yacht is because they don't want to be with people like us because they feel fear around us. They want to control their environment. Mm -hmm. Look at our boat compared to their boat. Look at all the people in our boat that we get to interact with compared to their boat. They're trying to control. We're trying, we're, we are going with the flow of this adventure. And that is the key to all of this is the absolute acceptance of what is, which means the relinquishing of all forms of control. Boy, that's a scary. That's a scary thought for someone in, in Western society, isn't it? That's that's like that's a big challenge. But you're exactly. I agree with you. That's that's exactly the journey I've been on. As soon as I let go of, as soon as we let go of how things need to be, of of that. Yes, our kids need to be a certain way or whatever, and become more accepting and allowing. And yeah. that's been a big part of you know what I've learned through this process. If we can be accepting and allowing of everything, gee, life gets a lot easier and a lot more fun. There's a lot well, more fun to be had, a lot more laughs. I'm laughing a lot more. Okay, so all control is based in fear. Mm. So that's the life you're living. Mm. All acceptance is based in love. Love and acceptance are the same thing. So it's your choice. You can live in fear and control and be consumed by fear 24-7, regretting the past, hating the present, and worrying about the future. Or you could live in love, which means absolutely seeing this, the past is perfect, seeing the present as perfect, and knowing the future will unfold perfectly as well. Mm. And in that idea of absolute acceptance, you have to love and accept yourself, which means, and this is very important, you have to know that you are perfect as you are now. And that self-improvement is a horrible lie that you cannot improve because you're perfect. You can expand and be a more expanded version of you, but you can't improve because you're perfect. Imagine the day you were born. On that day, would you say that you were perfect? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so when did you get imperfect? Was it when you were two months old, something? It was, was it when you were a year? Was it when you were two years old? Actually, you never, never became imperfect. Never. I never became imperfect. No, that's right. But you expanded. At two, you could walk around. At three, you could talk. At five, you could read. At 10, you could ride a bicycle, whatever it was. You know, you expanded, but you were no more or less perfect than the day you were born. However, you adopted some limiting beliefs that said to you, not only are you imperfect, but you're not good enough and you're unworthy. This was all a lie. It was never true. It was told to you by those people around you who also felt unworthy and wanted to control you because you brought up some fear. And they thought, I don't like this emotion of fear, so I'm gonna make sure that Jen doesn't do that. Right? That's Jen doesn't ride that bicycle in the street. Jen doesn't go on a date with that person. Jen doesn't choose this interest because it's not worthy. Jen goes to this college, right, all this time. And you say, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> right? Like a good then, girl. Like a good girl. Like a good girl. That's and it. Then, and then it all worked out perfectly because here you are now. That's exactly right. You, right? So you needed to have that experience because all the people who will ever find you and follow you and listen to you are you before, right? They're all living the same life that you did. They're all following that path. They get 
to see you. They get to hear you. Your voice sounds familiar. Your face looks familiar. What you're saying resonates with them. Who you're talking to resonates with them. And I'm like, oh my God, there's a different way to live. I can change. And the feeling of when you change from that old approach to the new approach, from living in fear to embracing fear, well, the sky's the limit. It's a radical change, but it's pure excitement, exhilaration, and joy. So true. So true, Gary. You're exactly right. And that is exactly the journey. And, I, you know, I'm grateful. I look back and I was thinking this morning of some experiences I've had and, and some of them, you know, we're, we all, as, as human beings, we all have tough experiences, but they do make us who we are. And we, if we can get the learnings from them, I think that's the right. big thing. It's a, about, and distance helps with the learnings as well, but it's about, but it's for me, it's, it's about how we now choose to live our lives. We can still enjoy, I think, and this is the thing, when, when you raised earlier about, um, about, you know, we've got to let go of control. I think, I think a lot of people think, well, if I don't control things, that means I can't have those things that I want. And I, I think one thing, and I'm pretty sure you and I are aligned in this, when um, we have when we have true freedom, that's when the abundance can come in, really come in. And so it's not about letting go of control and then going and living in a cave or, you know, living a, a, a poor life or a, you know, a life where you're, you know, don't have the things that you enjoy. Life is, our human existence is about having fun and about enjoying experiences like travel and so on and so forth. But it's, what I've learned is it's the way that I approach it. I can still... I can still live, I can still enjoy my Western culture lifestyle, but it's the way I'm doing it. It's the shift in perspective. It's no longer uh, struggling and working hard. It's being easy and in the flow and having fun and being accepting. And it's, it's just this shift. Nothing, yeah. you know, this is really about creating a new reality in your old reality. That's to me the difference. But, and how do we do that? It's by this inside work. It's about what happens inside my brain. It's not about actually what I, for me to go and get a new job or a, or a better partner or whatever it is. It's what happens inside. Well, it's the magic that people don't want to believe. Yeah. Because they think there is no magic. But yeah. what happens is if you're controlling your future, if you're setting goals, if you're having any plan, well, you're doing it from a limited perspective, the human perspective. When we start to go with the flow, be spontaneous, follow our passions and interests, um, not need to know where things are coming from, having faith in this. Well, now we put it in the hands of the universe and the universe brings us back magnitudes more than beyond what we could ever think of. We were talking about, um, Joshua wrote this really interesting article. It's called, which in-game mode are you choosing? And they use the analogy of a video game. And so in the video game, the beginners choose this one mode and, the, um, and that is creating, creating a profile and trying to get um, little tokens and trinkets. And the experts ch change their game mode to become very authentic. And in that, all the trinkets just come naturally as a side effect of playing the game. And the, the beginner players say, oh, I accumulated this trinket. I'm going to give this some value. I'm going to let it give me a feeling of relief. You know, imagine 
getting stuck in some kind of lack and then getting $10,000. And imagine that feeling of relief. Okay, well, that's a nice feeling. Now imagine living like I'm living, doing only what I'm inspired to do, and every moment thanking God that I get to be me, Gary Temple Bodley, today. And, and, and the feelings that I get are satisfaction. Well, if all you've ever been feeling is relief, you can't even imagine what satisfaction's like. Wow. I couldn't have imagined these feelings that I have now, this level of satisfaction and joy and passion and interaction and community that I have now, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I was just eking out some relief, eking out a little bit of money to feel secure, eking a little bit of stuff to feel appreciated. Now I'm fully appreciated. I feel satisfaction. I'm living at this higher level where fear no longer limits me. I love it. What a fine distinction. That's, that's a very high level point you're making there, Gary, around, yes, because it's the relief versus satisfaction. Like, and what a, what a great place to live. And I love the game analogy as well. It's this other, these things will just happen once we're feeling a particular way. Once right. we get, and what we are talking about there is where am I vibrating? Where is my frequency right. at? And that's something I, I talk a lot about inside your freedom unlimited, which is where's my frequency. It's all about frequency and vibration. So if I'm feeling worthy, then these things of worthiness, these, these trinkets, if you like, of worthiness are going to come. And if I'm feeling satisfied rather than I'm sort of working hard and, and, and struggling to get there, though that's two, the polar opposites, aren't they? Struggle versus satisfaction. That's exactly. a, I haven't, I, I love, I love that. I, I love that concept of, of just already I'm satisfied. And I guess that comes back to, you're linking back there really to gratitude, aren't you? And if we think about gratitude practices, gratitude is I'm satisfied with where I am right now. So, um, whatever it is that I have and what, wherever I am. So if we can start to practice some of this gratitude, I was working um, with a, a client the other day and she was talking about how she was still struggling with, with, with money and with all of those sorts of things. And I said to her, well, what if you flip, flipped your view on that? What if you were to actually look at the abundance you have right now? What if you were to be grateful for whatever it is that you have right now? And she's actually got quite a lot. Isn't it funny? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the way you look at it. It's only the way you look at it. Kind of the way you look at it. And um, so, you know, that was her process for this week was to really focus on what she has. And, um, and if I bring it closer to home, one of my sort of ongoing manifestation events is around sleep. I've had a couple of nights of really average broken sleep. And, but this morning I, I just went, I was like, right, I'm just going to use this time when I'm awake to meditate. I'm just going to, you know, get, do as much as I can to get my vibe into the space and to use this time as I can. But the difference, you know, the difference was between when I got up this morning versus yesterday morning, it was, I am grateful for the sleep I've had, not, oh, I've had a really bad night's sleep. I didn't get X amount of sleep. Do you right. know what I mean? A completely, completely different approach. And because yeah. I also, also say yesterday, the, the vibration that I was running yesterday was, I'm tired, you know, all this negative. Mm. You talked about momentum earlier, just, you know, so there, you know, one after the other, it became not a good day. Whereas today I'm like, I've got it. I've got all the sleep I need. You do have all the sleep you need. 
not only that, but you also are becoming spiritually awake. Mm. And what happens then is you'll start to wake up like I did at 3.30 in the morning last night. And what I do now is I think high level thoughts. I think about these ideas. And one of these ideas was interesting, but I don't know if we have time for this, but I was thinking about fear. And I was imagining sort of like a comic relief kind of idea that there's two people on the plane and there's the guy in one seat and the woman next to him. And she is afraid of flying. And she's just like, I have a fear of flying. And he's like, what do you mean you have it? Where, where is it? No, no, it's just something I have. Like people have these fear of snakes or fear of spiders. I have a fear of flying. Why do you have this fear of flying? Well, I've always had it. Well, are you going to keep it with you? <laughs> you know, what are you going to, like, are you going to harbor that limitation your whole life? Or are you going to look at this rationally? No, no, no. I'm just one of those people that have this fear of flying. Mm-hmm. Well, do you have a fear of driving here? No, no. I just have a fear of flying. Well, it's, you know, the statistics are, it's much more dangerous to drive to the airport than fly a plane. And she says, yes, well, I'm not one of those people who thinks about that. I just think about the fear of flying. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's a very fun, interesting thing to spend a few minutes thinking about last night because, because it just points out how a rational person talking to someone who has a fear, the person who has a fear says, my fear is rational, you know? And so these times when we're awake in the middle of the night, we can, instead of thinking about what I got to do tomorrow, what happened today or where the worry is, you think about, you know, what about this subject? And then you get this interaction with your inner self on this high level. You start to do that more and more and more. And then in those times you're awake, it's fascinating to be awake and you remember it too. That's it. It's a great time. You're exactly right. And that's what I have been doing. I've been saying, okay, how can I use these evening times of just meditating or just getting to that space where I can be, you're right, thinking positive thoughts rather than into the negative. Oh, I haven't got. So it's flipping everything. It's absolutely yeah. flipping everything. I love that. And you're, and that story you tell about the fear, it's almost like we can identify with our fears. Oh, I'm the person who's afraid of flying, but what is that? We haven't even touched on this today. And is, <laughs> you know, that means I'm a victim to something, but if we're perfect as we are, then we can no longer be a victim to anything. We, yeah. we, we are the creator of our reality. And that's the other really big breakthrough that as, as, as we understand, if we are part of source, we're part of consciousness, then we are creating our reality, which means everything that happens to us is for us, which, including our death that's right Mm. yeah and those you if you want to you know understand that you're an eternal being and that you live forever and that you cannot die go to youtube go to ted talks and watch all the near-death experience ted talks exactly there's there's hundreds of well maybe not hundreds but there's dozens of those and one of them was a research project on 6 million near-death experiences. Wow, that's huge. And and they all went into the categories and he explains every category. And they're all almost exactly the same, all 6 million of them. Mm. And there's variations for um, culture. And that's it, you know. So so you you get this, this 6 million people having the same experience, all of them coming back having no fear of death. Right. 
What's that saying? All of them saying it's a positive experience. I mean, 95% of them saying it's a positive experience. Um, it's so fascinating. And now if we can stop being in fear of death, what else can we stop being in fear of? Exactly. I, I love it. Oh, you're right. Because then that's, that's the biggest one, right? Well, they say death and taxes. <laughs> death and loss. Death and loss. Kind. That's right. And, yep. and I love that. And you're right. And this whole, there's this growing field of science around and a lot of people looking at near death experiences. I've, I've been doing the same thing. I've been delving into that. I've, something I've been fascinated about is mediumship, but also all of these stories of people who, yes, who've had near death experiences and have come back and can you know, say there is no fear. And also what I think those stories also confirm is this concept that we are, we, we do go on, we go on to be, we are part of consciousness and we just, we're just changing shape. We're getting, letting go of our, of our physical selves and we're moving back into our, our higher selves or our inner selves as you talk about it. So, and it, it shows that consciousness does not exist in the brain. That's exactly right. Because the brain's dead, the brain mm -hmm. stops and all of them can recite what the doctors were saying. That's it. Word for word. And then like, how can you do this? Your brain was, you know, flatlining. And I'm saying, I rose above my body. I could see you up here. I knew exactly what was in the room. I knew exactly what you said. And then you recite word for word. That's exactly And then right. they, you know, that's you, the brain is not a thought factory. The brain does not hold the consciousness. The brain interprets thoughts just like it interprets vision or hearing or taste or touch or smell. It's an interpretation mechanism and it takes uh, stimuli from, from without and brings it within and makes sense of it. Well, our thoughts come from without, I should say, come from somewhere else, you know, and, and come in through us. That's it. And then the brain translates it into English or into whatever. That's it. We're just a big old radio transmitter, really, aren't we? Right. It's about you what sure we choose to focus on. You know, yeah. do I choose to focus on fear and control or love and acceptance and fun? You know, right. and it really comes down to those couple of choices, doesn't it? Which side of the coin do you want to live your life from? That's really yeah. the question. Well, why can't you be fun? That's it. Bob, why can't well, you? you? Because you, you're worried about what people think of you. That's right. That's exactly right. As opposed to, well, if I just come from this perspective of I'm going to have fun, do what inspires me. That's yeah. just such an easier way to live life. It's an, of course it's the only way to live. The other way doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're it's exactly flawed. right. It doesn't work. Let's just everyone get on the new approach to life train and leave the old approach well and truly behind. Absolutely. Gary, this has been such a great conversation. I've really appreciated it. Where would you like people to, I, I could go on, but I think we are respectful of your time and, later in the day there for you, where would you like people to um, connect with you? If they'd like to um, you. I, I think the best way is the uh, Joshua Live podcast. Mm -hmm. And that's me channeling Joshua. You've been on a million times with a group of students all over the world. There's usually now 40 to 50 people on those calls. And they're asking questions to Joshua. Joshua comes through and gives a little preamble then they'll ask their questions and Josh will, will give them these perspective changing answers. And teaching is really about changing perspective. It's not about learning how to do something. It's changing the way you think. And that, and that podcast is really good for that. So if you can watch the, you can listen to that on iTunes or anywhere else, or just go to the teachings of Joshua.com 
and everything's right there. Beautiful. We'll put links to that in the show notes. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time today. It's been a really fun conversation. We've covered a lot of ground and um, I'll look forward to catching up with you again soon. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Take care. We'll Good talk to see you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Your Freedom Unlimited. If you like this show, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review Your Freedom Unlimited on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach me directly at jenramsey.com. Thanks for listening. 